You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 72 and today we have Amy Woods from Content 10X on and we are going to be talking about content repurposing that is getting more bang for your buck from the work you've already done with your content. Amy, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but I actually, uh, well, I was going to say know a fair bit about you already, but I just feel like I've seen you so many places before. We have so many mutual friends. Um, obviously, you do a lot of stuff with Lee Jackson, who is an absolute legend, an all-round good bloke, whose events I will be going to in May. Are you going? I um, most likely will. Yeah, I was there last year, so nice. I am sure it was a great event. Actually, he did yeah. such a good job. Um, it was such a nice, uh, very niche, you know, event. It was brilliant that everybody had a similar business, similar business model. It was, yeah. it was fab. So I'm sure I will be back. <laughs> oh, I am so excited! It's one of my favorite things to get out, um, especially just to get a like. If I have to get on a plane to go somewhere and meet other businesses. Something about it just it puts you into another zone. Um, everyone's everyone's dealing with the same crap. Like and being around those people, it changes the conversations. It's it's so good. Um, if you do want to check that out, head over to agencytransformation.live um, and check it out there. But that's enough enough about Lee. Uh, <laughs> Amy, tell us a bit about Content Ten X and what you guys do. Yeah, sure. So we are a creative agency, um, very niche because our speciality is content repurposing. So I've been running it for a couple of years now, um, I guess started in May 2017. Um, oh, wow. And we I didn't know it was that yeah. new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. First client came on board in May 2017. Right. Um, and we work with well businesses who uh, embrace content marketing. So they will have either a podcast like yourself or uh, video, create videos, maybe pre-recorded videos or live streams. But people who are fully bought into the concept of content creation, creating content in order to grow businesses. So it's mainly small businesses, entrepreneurs who we work with, and they're. I guess the key thing that we do is we turn their content into lots of lots of additional content. So, mm. from an agency perspective, we are um, we consist of copywriters, graphic designers, video editors, podcast producers, content uh, specialists, and things like WordPress, social media, etc. And we will take single pieces of content, let's say a video, and turn it into a, a produce video for YouTube, uh, extracts audio and produce a podcast, create lots of snippets of content for all the different social media platforms, write blog posts, write articles and things like that. So it's all about maximizing the return on content. And I guess our proposition is that we are an outsourced content marketing team that um, if you're considering, you know, hiring in-house or hiring multiple freelancers, VAs, that kind of thing, it's basically just a, an outsourced alternative to that. 
Yeah, it's all the stuff that mm. I know I should be doing, but uh, <laughs> I'm not doing. <laughs> and you know, I'm such a massive fan of time leverage. Like everything I do is is pretty much about time leverage. It's why I'm so into automation and Zapier and productivity and just like not having to do as much work to get better results, you know, and yeah. content repurposing is massive for this. So con- everyone knows um, how important content is, uh, you know, getting in front of more people uh, is always a good thing and to be across multiple channels, you know, and, and the fact that you can create like a video uh, that extracts audio to, to create um, like a podcast. Uh, so now we're on like video platforms and audio, and then you can turn that into a blog post and then turn that into little snippets for social media. And like suddenly this one thing has this leverage in that is insane. And so, yeah, what you do is, is awesome. I mean, like, yeah. So how, Let's talk a bit more about repurposing. I mean, like why uh, it's pretty obvious why you would do it, but I feel like there's going to be some hidden benefits that uh, uh, people might not see immediately. Yeah, well, I mean, as you said, so I guess it, it helps you get found. So it, it helps you. We focus on trying to get fun found across social and search. So, you know, it's important to have that presence on the social media platforms that you're trying to reach audiences on. So repurposing longer form pieces of content like a podcast episode, a video across social, obviously that's great. Um, But then also being found by search as well. So we try and ensure that we have an SEO play as well. We're looking at creating articles that that the video content is searchable too. So I think one one major benefit is that it's it's just being found in the places that your audience hang out. But the the other benefits that... um, you know, we really try and work with our clients on and what we work on ourselves is it really helps you be consistent with your messaging as well. So if you are trying to establish yourself as an authority, as a, a thought leader in a particular area, and more so if, you know, as a business, if you want to be known as the the chief problem solver for that particular problem, <laughs> then you, you know, you need to be really consistent with your messaging so that people know that you what you do and what you solve and I find that quite often people will be quite scattergun with their content and their messaging and one minute you know talking about one thing another something else another something else just because you know it doesn't always mean that it's the right Mm -hmm. content to put out because it can send you know mixed messages and then people may say well you know I, I know Amy but I'm not quite sure what her business does because sometimes she speaks about productivity and other times she speaks about this and that. And you don't want that. <laughs> want people to just be like, I have this problem. And if I ever, ever need to get someone to solve it for me, that's the person because I know yeah. through that. So I feel, you know, it helps you be consistent on message because people will see you talking about the same things and it's bundling up a message in a different format in a different location to suit those audiences so we are communicating this message in audio format via podcast that will go on to apple podcast spotify etc the same message we'll bundle that up and we'll communicate that in bite-sized content on instagram stories and instagram and the same message will go out on twitter etc so being consistent in message but then consistent in the creation as well so turning up and regularly turning up and being front of mind because you know Mm. again that's essential and um repurposing really helps you with that whole that rule of seven or you have to be in front of people seven to 13 times in order for them to actually take action exactly the various touch points so 
um, you know, you, you mentioned just before that you'd seen me in a few different places, but it's that, isn't it? It's the touch points. It's it's sometimes you only kind of skim over someone if you've seen them once on on social media or read one of their blog posts. But it's yeah. when you start those multiple touch points. So I think when you combine it all together, the consistency of messaging, the consistency of creating content and the multiple touch points, and ultimately reaching more people that's what we all strive to with our content and then what you said at the very start it's leveraging your time and being productive and efficient as well so if you can wrap all of that up all those benefits are wrapped up in a time saving mm. um processes as well where you're going to actually save time creating more content that is actually more effective then that's when content repurposing if done you know correctly and, and done um with the right level of effort and attention can really bring you um so much benefits yeah. for your business. And there's like the whole be everywhere thing in quotes uh, is, you know, some people always sprouting that you have to be everywhere. And there's a lot of people that would fight that and say that you don't have to be everywhere um, because it's too much work and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like content repurposing is a, a sweet middle ground because, mm. you know, you're not actually having to do that much work if it's done right. You know, like it's the kind of thing that you can have internal processes to, you know, have VAs and stuff help you with. Or of course you just uh, pay Amy a bunch of money and, and she'll <laughs> do it for you and her team will do it for you. Um, and like, I don't know, it's just the best of both worlds to me. Cause I, I am somewhere in the middle on that argument. You know, like I, the, the, I don't like doing a lot of work to be everywhere, especially if my audience aren't there, but there's definitely an argument for being everywhere because, you know, some people will put out video content uh, and not get the audio or the blog post, but I am not a video person. I hate sitting through videos. I'm like a two X on everything, but I create lots of videos because that's what people I know want. But then of course we try to create the blog post from them. Um, you know, cause some, you just got to, people learn differently and want different things. Yeah. So there's an argument for it. Yeah, I think I completely agree with you. And, and I, I'm of the, I guess my thought process is that I don't think you should aim to be everywhere in terms of you should only be in the places that you know your audience do hang out. So, mm. you know, sometimes if people come to us and they will say, uh, that they really want to start doing more on Instagram. But then when you ask why, it's not actually because they have an audience there or that, that, you know, it's more just like because Gary Vaynerchuk says that I should be on Instagram <laughs> or TikTok. Don't even get me started on TikTok. Oh, but, gosh. Um, but I think um, it's 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 where your audience hang out. So not not a be everywhere strategy just for the whole just for the sake of it, but mm. be where your audience are. But I completely agree with you that um, – people don't like to learn in the same way. So when we look at the more longer form content, whether it's you have a podcast strategy or video or live stream, you know, going live every week on Facebook or Instagram, um, the podcasts are a great example because not everyone listens to podcasts at all. Not everyone is even familiar with what a podcast is and they're still not um, mainstream as such. So uh, the Edison research this year, who seemed to do most research and gathering this data, but it's only based on a US adult audience, still only find that three in 10 people regularly listen to podcasts. I think it's gone over 50% mm. of have listened to or sometimes, but regularly three in 10 of a progressive yeah. um, US adult audience. It wouldn't be the same in the UK. Um, so 
it, I think it's brilliant. Like we, I have a podcast, you have a podcast, and we love connecting with people through that. But when you're fighting against a statistic that it's not that you know mainstream and not that many people listen, mm. when you repurpose, I think you do two things. You get that message then into a format that they do um, they do consume. So whether, like you said, they actually prefer to read or people prefer video, um, but also maybe convert people to the medium as well. So if you're sharing snippets of your podcast in a place that people do hang out, like you're sharing a snippet on on Instagram and they listen to a soundbite and it sounds like a you know wonderful snippet of a great conversation with somebody, it might convert people to the medium of podcasting, let alone the fact that, you know, yeah to subscribe because maybe they've never listened to one before so you could be the first podcast they ever listened to it's like what is this oh it's it's a podcast you should listen to it so i think um i think the longer form pieces when you are creating the 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 core content that the message is first in that you then start to slice and dice and, and bite size through um that it's really important to create that of a quality but don't assume as you said not everybody likes to learn in the same way so it's you you're restricting yourself a lot if you don't then think of the different mediums so when we work with people um i always try and span audio video visual and written because you know they are the key ways that we're trying to reach people yeah. um and of course live you know live streaming is is a, a big thing and people are I forgot to tell to you this was actually live right now. <laughs> it's not, no, is it? <laughs> but but I have been considering doing so I would these have podcasts. Done my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I have been considering doing these as lives. I've been noticing um, a lot of people going live in their Facebook groups with their podcasts now. And I, I yeah. love that idea. I like I'm not much of a live video person, but I see the engagement that other people get out of it and I'm like, oh clearly people like it. So maybe it's worth trying. And I like, it's literally a couple of buttons here on zoom now that I've set it up and yeah. it could be live. So, and, the, and this, you know, this, if you're willing to invest, so if you want to go really all in on the, the live streaming, you know, you can use certain things like switcher studio and OBS and things like mm. that, which are softwares that allow you to go live across multiple platforms mm-hmm. at the same time. And then um, LinkedIn have now delved into the world yes. of LinkedIn Live. No, it's not native at the moment, but it's possible and, and being have you have you got LinkedIn live yet? Uh I haven't actually looked, but I can tell you that I'm getting a ton of notifications every time people go live about it because they seem mm. LinkedIn yeah. are in that stage that Facebook were, I don't know, maybe two years ago or whatever it was, when they'd always tell you when people were live um to try and get the engagement up. Yeah, exactly. And, and then it became yeah, well, it, it's an it may be different in different locations, but it's an invitation only thing at the moment. So right. you have to apply to have LinkedIn Live, and you can't actually do it native. You can't go live in LinkedIn. You have to use a third party um, uh, right. app, you know, like Switcher Studio. But it's it's rolling out. Like friends of mine who who are either kind of live streaming experts or LinkedIn experts at the start of 2019 were saying this is the year for LinkedIn embracing live and we're all you know it's it's almost mm. the end of the year and <laughs> you wouldn't say it's like totally embraced because it's not for everyone but not with everybody but um you're right I, I don't I'm not a big consumer of live videos because similar to you I watch all videos on double speed. I just don't, <laughs> I have to, and, and I have to be able to fast forward and I just, I'm yes. not the biggest fan. Uh, but I, I would go in, I think for more, if I wanted to gain access to somebody. So what I really like with 
with live and some of the clients that we work with where their original content is live and then they provide us that and then that's where we get going with repurposing I like the fact that you can you can segment it in a way so it's creating an experience and access to you and building a community at the mm. same time as built as creating content so if you have um if you have the same people, if you commit to, I'm going to go live at, you know, 4 p.m. every Wednesday on LinkedIn, um, then the same people start to turn up. So you build a community around your content. You provide the access to you, which, you know, in this world of, you know, fake news and everything, hmm. the transparency and the authenticity yeah. of, you know, this there's access to me and there's actually, there's there's more behind what I'm saying because you can ask me questions now I'll show you that I know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about not just reading from something or copying somebody else and then if you segment that with um, a core bit of content that actually you say to people I'm not going to respond to comments for the next 10 minutes or so or you have a guess we're going to jump into the interview and we'll, we'll respond to questions at the end that core piece where you aren't actually back and forward with people and you really are delivering value that can then go on and become that youtube video that can become the shorter videos for social media that can be what the copywriter gets hold of to create the blog post and yep. everything can come from that but sandwiching it with community access the authenticity etc it uh, i really think it is a great starting point for um creating content if you if you have the um, the stomach in a way to embrace life is <laughs> definitely not for everyone is it <laughs> yeah I think it's a classic um what is it like um you get used to it by exposure sort of thing like I'm at a point yeah. now where I've just stopped caring it's taken a long time to get there <laughs> but like like part of me would just like to hit go live on this and just see what happens but I absolutely used to crap myself about going on mm. video and and live and stuff and I remember I was at a um uh, marketing some internet marketing conference back when live was kind of new and the challenge was literally to just go live on our personal facebook wall and walk around and talk about something and yeah. it was quite funny to look <laughs> around and see this entire room of people just being like you know wandering around with their phones in their air and talking but it was like that was a big hurdle like i remember being super scared uh about that and i feel I don't know. I feel like with stories and stuff now, I do Instagram stories quite a lot. I think it's kind of that exposure to doing it has really just like made me stop caring now. So it's taken a while, but you get there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And, and uh, uh, when you do more raw behind the scenes type content, like Insta stories and things like that, where you just grab your phone. Um, I, I'm a bit more comfortable with doing that now. And, and uh, you know, uh, more the bite size I would do but what I think people fear quite often is when you commit to a show you know like the the if it was like the weekly content 10x live or something like that mm. I think sometimes the fear for a lot of people is um, that people won't show up, isn't it? So then people mm. scroll and see a, a live stream and think, oh, Amy's gone live. Oh, poor Amy. There's only one person. <laughs> 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 I think sometimes people worry about that more oh, than if absolutely. wrong. Like if I it, still it, worry about that. Every time I have a <laughs> yeah. webinar or I'm like a guest, um, someone else is hosting me on a yeah. webinar, I just wish they didn't tell me. Like there was no yeah. way to see how many people were live because – like it, there's two extremes where it's like, oh, there's no one here. Why am I doing this? And like, holy crap, that is way more people I than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good in a way, wouldn't it? If you, if maybe you could, if you could either, if maybe you could disable it publicly yeah. so that 
it wasn't putting you off that people might be think ju- judging you that there's not yeah. that many people the other way around like you said it would actually be quite a good feature that wouldn't it if you could <laughs> not necessarily see how many people were there i don't know yeah. maybe i'm saying that and it is but usually you do you see, see i don't I mean, even want to know though i like no i know that's know. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think so too that would be so good um but yeah i mean if it depends if you want to if you're going to be interacting because the the, th- the funny thing is i think that if you're going to go live and do um actually do a live show where you do the, a friend of mine called ian anderson gray he has a he teaches people how to be confident live that's his thing and he's got a podcast called confident live and um he comes from a background of of singing and things like that so he's used to performing so he teaches people about warming voices up and all sorts to be confident going live um and he um i think when it's just funny all the tips that he gives people and he interacts with people and he goes live and i often think that um when we work with people sometimes or we get involved in projects where they put out a live but it's actually a pre-recorded video we've got i'm sure you've seen this you know it's not actually live is it because they've uploaded they've tricked the system and they're uploading a pre-recorded video Mm. video as a live i kind of feel like um I don't really get the point of doing that completely because if you're live, you need to be there to have the live aspects. Otherwise, yep. just put out a pre-recorded video. Yeah, business. exactly, and people can consume it, on their own time. Yeah, because the the thought process is that you're tricking in the algorithm because we hear people like Michael Stelzner, social media examiner, standing on stages and everything, saying the algorithms love live if you go live. And so people think, well, I don't really want to do the live bit where I have to actually be live and cope with all the things that could go wrong with live. But I'll just put a pre-recorded video out that tricks it to think that we're live <laughs> and then that will trick the algorithm. But it doesn't actually work that way because... Um, because they're still looking, if you're not engaging, you know, if there's mm. no engagement and there's no comment back and forward and this and that, that it, it's obvious that it's not really a live experience. Mm. And it's kind of a little bit strange, I, I think. It's like, um, you know, webinars where, just be honest if it's a pre-recording rather than going through the hoo-ha pretending that it's always, you know, you deliver it live six times a day. <laughs> you <know>, do <laughs> six times a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just being honest, isn't it? You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a recording. Um, yes, that's the big thing. I like yeah. when when they do re-recorded webinars and call them like a webinar or a live webinar. Like to me, that should be like a workshop or like a exactly you know, just mm. be honest about it. Yeah, like yeah. I'm okay with pre-recorded stuff, but um, yeah, just don't don't tell yeah, me. Yeah, just it's live. just say it's pre-recorded. Yeah. but that's on the on repurposing and just touching on webinars again. That's other things that with with the power of repurposing. So we have our we create our maybe weekly content like a weekly podcast or a video live stream weekly blog post and then look at the ways that we can repurpose that but then there's so much more that we should and could be doing with our repurposing for example instead of looking at taking content and breaking it down into bite-sized pieces of content for social but how about building the content up into bigger pieces of content like all those podcast episodes that could become could be transcribed and turned into an ebook or turned into a, an actual you know some friends of mine mm-hmm. recently brought out a book a published book based on 25 interviews that they've done with membership site owners and things like that so there's also I I know who that might be <laughs> mike and cal yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so behind the membership cali's membership the whole book is based on season seasons one and two um and they 
got them transcribed, got them copywritten up into a great book, and that it's podcast to to wow. um, book repurposing. That's awesome. And um, the, 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 you know, there's, there's different ways that you can bring like long form content together to create epic content, eBooks, mm. whether it's um, and lead gen, you know, so multiple video series is to become actual a five part video series to learn how to do this or that. Yeah, like a mini course. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, maybe topping and tailing with additional content. If you've put it out in one format, so you've already put those videos out, not just putting them out and saying this is a course because I've bundled them together, <laughs> but adding a worksheet with each one or a little bit mm. more of an intro as to why you've decided to put them into this roadmap and this journey. Um, so all in all, really, with repurposing, I think it's um, it's getting into a mindset of always seeing the potential in the content that you create and not just creating content for content's sake, but having a bigger master plan of how it's all going to fit together in the end, how you're going to break it down for promotion, but how you could build it up to bigger things as well. So that everything that you do, there's that intention to do more with it basically and maximize what, yeah, what you can that's, achieve. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I hope that's given people some ideas because it's definitely getting my mind going. Um, <laughs> and that was actually going to be my next question is like some other kinds of repurposing because we've kind of talked about video to text and video to audio, yeah. which is like fairly easy to imagine. But now this is mm. much bigger we're talking here. One thing I was curious about is uh, text to video. Can you go in that direction? Mm. Well, so it, if do you mean if you're not really wanting to go on camera as well? So you've got maybe a blog post and you're thinking you like that to be a video. Oh, I, I just more mean, I guess, like if someone's got a blog post that they want to turn into a video. Yeah, I never even thought you could literally just get on there and, and not read the blog post because I imagine that would be quite boring. But to like yeah. add some extra little bits because I've done that. I've written a blog post. I just remembered this now. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> working through this in my mind as I speak, but I just remember that I wrote a, a post and then I basically did a video recording like this about it um, and then also ripped the audio and turned it into a podcast. Um, you know, so I, obviously you can go that way. Is there other ways yeah. though if you don't want to get on camera? Yeah, there are. So there's there's tools that you can use. So um, there's a tool called Lumen5, L-U-M-E-N, mm. Lumen and that's it it's an automation tool so you you sign up for this and then you say you've published a blog post you provide the url for the blog post and it's really neat actually that will that will create a video for you but it will it will try and pick out a storyboard from your blog post that could become a video but then you just get to customizing it yourself so you would um it basically pairs music but because you're not on camera. So a bit of music with changing graphics with different words coming on the stream, screen. So it's like um, a promo, like pr the promo videos that we often yeah. see. So that's one way where you can, when what we would do if we were creating video like that, we wouldn't necessarily use the auto automated aspect of Lumen 5 because, you know, it's just AI, it's AI trying to work out what the storyboard would be. We'd storyboard it ourselves and then you pair, pair different bits of the story with different images, music, you can add animations and graphics yeah. and stuff and create maybe a three well, maybe a one to three minute video or something based on a blog post. So that's one thing that you can do. And there's another one called Animoto as well, um, 
I think there's there's one called Biteable as well. So they're all of a similar concept of you're not you're creating video content, but you're not putting yourself on video. And as long as you've got that blog post or that storyboard to go from, you mm. can create. And they will link up with um, royalty free sites like Unsplash and Pexels for images yes, and yeah. royalty free music sites as well. So it's quite cool that the, you could go to a video. You know, you could use iMovie or something and do it yourself and source everything it's a lot separately. Of work. But it's, it's really cool. Yeah, exactly. It's really cool. So there, there's that. Um, and then, you know, and, and other things, we have done that before where it's been more heavily branded from our clients. So we've sourced images and B-roll and things like that. And then we brought in the words on the screen to share the, the, the key points and the message of the blog post in shorter videos. So it's, it's possible. I'd say it's the the when you when the starting point is a blog post and you're looking to repurpose it's always a bit more challenging to start with written content because mm. there's no other dimension to it is that there isn't yeah. speaking there isn't video you, you're starting so that's when you have to be more i guess creative and look at things like what we were just saying like automated tools and things like that so it's possible but i think if if you can do what you said and um and 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 put the effort in, I guess, and be daring enough to go on camera yourself where you could just bullet point out the key points so you're not reading a script and do your own video. It's probably yeah. always going to be that bit more engaging, but or a mixture yeah. of both as well, like a bit of a mixture. But I do really like these automation tools. I've seen some really great Lumen 5 videos created before, mm. Animoto, Biteable, so you can do it. I think that most people that I know that are cranking out just crazy amounts of content are almost always starting with video from what I see, you know, and um, whether that's like, and it's actually that exact process that I followed that time. I, I had a bunch of dot points, you know, and then just kind of riffed about all of them on video. Um, and I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day, who's also been on the podcast, Jason Long. Uh, and he does basically that doc points out um, a whole bunch of stuff and records a video could be 10 minutes or something. And out of that, they can create like uh, multiple audios uh, and actually multiple blog posts out of it as well. So I think video mm -hmm. is, is a bang for your buck uh, is a definitely a great place to start. Would you agree? I think it's what people want as well. So it's not only the fact that it, it's the more bang for your buck for sure, because you can just get so much out of video. Um, but it's also the fact that there's this, this statistic been flying around for years now that by 2020, 82% of content consumed online will be video from a Cisco study a couple of years ago. I think it was 80 and now they're saying 83%. So if you think that's huge, like 83 or so percent of content consumed online is going to be video. And then you look at what's happening at the moment with the video platform. So there's Disney Plus, there's Apple Plus, then obviously there's Netflix, there's Amazon Prime. We're all getting used to consuming video content and in an ad-free format where we're subscribing hmm. to all these yeah. different platforms. It's going it, to surely just going to all come together in the end isn't it when we're all paying like multiple different yeah. <laughs> all, and then they'll just be like we'll pay one for all of them but um but we'll get video 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 isn't it and then what's emerging well in instagram 80 percent of the content consumed is up in stories so that when you are on instagram allegedly you know according to social media examiner doing some research people spend 80 percent of the time in stories and actually only 20 percent looking down at what's going on in the feed oh that would be very close to for what i'm doing yeah if yeah. not 90 10 for me 
And what is that? It's it, it's mainly video, isn't it? I know we put images into stories and photographs, but it's it's really like consuming the video content. Yeah. And then whether you agree or not on you know the emergence of TikTok, it's video, video, video. It's just short, 15 second, 15 second. So I think we look at what people are consuming and people are consuming more and more video content. So it's good from an audience perspective, but then from the creative perspective too, so much more bang for your buck because mm. you can do so much more with the video content and it's more engaging. It's what people want and you'll take it so much further because starting off with video, you always have audio. So if you can repurpose into a podcast, that's a fairly straightforward process. If you get the, you know, the quality right and things like that and it works, and it's not visually dependent um and then everything else so yeah more bang for your buck but it's what yeah. people want and we're just going to yeah. see more and more and i feel like businesses that just have no video strategy at all and aren't creating any video um are going to start feeling the impact because they if they aren't their competitors are and they're getting in front of the people that they w- would ideally want to get in, t- in front of mm. Yeah, absolutely. And if people are, I just had like a random idea. I was like, I wonder if we could get a group of people together that just send silly videos to each other to try and get uh, get the nerves, get rid of the nerves on video. Because I feel like that's the biggest thing is people don't want to get started on video. Because yeah, you know, well, I when I first got started in um, business, when I was leaving my old corporate job and everything, I joined this. Um, it turned out to be not that great, but this digital <laughs> marketing. What was it called? Digital Experts Academy. It was. It turned out to be this awful MLM type thing in the end <laughs> um but uh, they did have some good trainings until i left and they had this facebook group and i'd never done anything um video like i worked as a management consultant for 13 years you know we, we we didn't do anything to do with any of this content creation and stuff and we did i did a 90-day challenge where I was in this facebook group and everybody in it um for, for 90 days every single day you had to post a video into the group and it could be anything it could just be saying what mm. you got up to that day for a minute or something or, or anything that you wanted and i didn't miss a day i had holidays during that 90 days you know probably had you know all sorts of things going on but whether it was 10 seconds minute five minutes whatever and I can't tell you 90 days every day of doing a video at the start it was so you know wooden and and like um Hmm. unnatural but by the end it was just like I just quickly going to do my 90 day and held it up and just you became so much more natural that's awesome yeah, and I really think things like that, like the 90-day challenges and stuff with a, just a closed group of people who you're mm. only like trying to hone the skill set and the confidence. You're not trying to put anything amazing or, or anything out there. It makes a massive, massive difference. Really, yeah. really helps. There mm. you go. Hey, mm-hmm. just what, before I forget, I've got one very selfish question because I've been thinking yeah. about it for a while with all the video um, and, like the, that I do and, and converting it to blog content. Do you have any tips mm. on how to streamline that process? Like I imagine that could get difficult like converting it like do you just go through once and get like the general ideas and to to because i feel like the video can typically end up a little bit all over the place but like a blog Mm. post got to be very structured you know like with your h2s and threes and and coherent so do you have any tips there i always uh 
I, I do really in terms of if you are going to be, if you're creating video and then you are going to go on and repurpose as well into like a longer form blog post, as you said, and things like that. I think that it's a good idea to storyboard out your video in in a, in a similar fashion to how you would um, initially just bullet point out the structure of a blog post. Right. So I think you, the, the best, the best videos that we work with, the, the ones that repurpose you know, in like a dream in terms of become brilliant social content from bite size to long form to everything are the videos that are just well structured and thought through. Mm -hmm. So I really recommend, um, you know, just planning out what those headlines would be and having the, the storyboard written out and then doing a video based on that storyboard and knowing what the key points you want to hit are knowing if there's a key quote or anything like that that you're going to bring in or statistic or something like that but i really think it is just the storyboarding it out and almost imagining it would be the blog post and having those key points mm. um because the, the more structured and the more the way that if the videos flow in a more structured way with that story running through them um it just all goes perfectly thereafter as well can you just quickly define what a storyboard like what you mean by that like if someone's listening and they don't know what that means i i really do just mean like as as simple as possible just even just bullet pointing out so just working out okay i'm going to do a video on um how to do videos <laughs> um yeah. and so it would just be i really do just mean not even overcomplicating it as in having a, a whiteboard behind your camera um and just working out of just writing what would be the key points that i want to make the first key point i'd want to make is this da, 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 and just having like yeah. you know six bullet points that you, i mean if you want and going more complicated and complex and investing it eventually you could invest in things like teleprompters and you can use apps on your iPad and things like that to have a bit of a teleprompter. Mm. I honestly just mean otherwise whiteboard or a a flip chart and just a structure. Yeah. Just to know that you're not, that you're going to have a structure of what point you're going to make. And I think, um, recommendation to get started and to bring structures to think about list type uh videos and things like five ways to use zapier in your business or something or you know Mm. like 10 ways to because i think that using a list one like five ten ways or comparisons things like that will help you keep to structure and help you get used to having a structure yeah Awesome. So how do you guys help? Like what, what's your role in all of this? I mean, we got a fairly good idea that like you help people repurpose, but what does that look like? Well, but, well, when we work with our clients, so um, <clears throat> they would have, let's say a client signs up for our video repurpose service. What they would do is they would read that all their commitment is, is they need to create that original piece of content. So as an agency, you know, we have one prerequisite, which is you have to create your original content. And then we would receive that. So let's say every week a client gives us a video and then we define what the service is based on them. So it is very custom. It's who your audience, what you're trying to, you know, what you're trying to achieve. Um, But we would then every single week take that video and repurpose it. So it might be that we would produce a podcast episode, write the show notes, get that on all the podcasting apps, write a long form blog post, 
put it on their website, maybe write a separate article for Medium, LinkedIn, that kind of thing. And then we would create bite-sized content. So uh, small, short videos in portrait and in um, for story, square for Instagram. So platform-specific content from the video as well. And other things as well. So things like content upgrade. So maybe... Um, it was, you know, 10 things to do before you start using this tool. So maybe you, you would be able to say there's a checklist and we'd repurpose into the checklist and things like that as yeah, well. Nice. So the, the whole, I guess, premise with how we work with our clients is um, you focus on the creation and create something great, focus on your message and focus on that being quality. And then go on your business and do everything else that you should be doing and leave the rest to us and we'll ensure you know, lots of content and that consistent presence. But because you created the original content and it was quality and it shared your thoughts and opinions, that's all, you know, retained and kept. And we're, you know, we create very creative and focused on brand too. So there's no cookie cutter, temp, rigid templates or anything. Every client, you know, we go through quite a rigorous couple of weeks on boarding where we really immerse ourselves in the brand and create templates for them, understand tone of voice, that kind of thing. Um, so that, so in an ideal world, it's you create, we do everything else, and we, we publish everything as well. If clients want us to, some clients want us to create everything, and, and then they will publish everything out across platforms. But otherwise, it's just end-to-end from the point of um, handing over the video or podcast hmm. or live stream, you know, whichever it is. Um, so that's the core of what we do, the main service that we Sounds have. like a dream. I'm definitely going to be <laughs> taking a look. Where do people go to um, find out a bit more and sign up? So um, it really just the website, content10x.com. So yep. um, everything is explained up. over there. Yeah, yeah, awesome. That's uh, content10x.com. So yeah, I'm going to be checking that out. This has been awesome. Like this has gone longer than I normally go <laughs> just because there Sorry. was so much. No, not at all. Like I would have, I would have like, moved on if I didn't think this was extremely valuable, right? Like it, um, it's just been awesome. Like I think there's been a lot of, awesome stuff in here, actionable stuff that can really move the needle for people. So thank you so much for sharing all of that epic stuff. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate having you having me on the show. So thank you. <laughs> no worries at all. See you later, Amy. Like the terrible host that I am, I forgot to ask Amy about her book. Amy actually has a book out called Content 10X, More Content, Less Time, Maximum Results. So basically everything we just spoke about during this interview, I would recommend you head over and check that out at content10x.com slash book. I will also link that up in the show notes. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.